good afternoon and welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and thanks for tuning in. We're brought to you by our sponsor, SSI Guardian, every Thursday at 1 Mountain on KLZ 560 AM and now simulcasting on KLDC 1220 AM. And if you're away from a radio but near your computer or your smartphone, you can stream the show online at drpegradio.com. And October is National Bullying Prevention Month, and we're going to explore an, an important aspect of this theme and talk about cyberbullying. And cyberbullying is bullying that takes place over digital devices like cell phones and computers and tablets and can occur through text, apps, social media, online forums, gaming, or anywhere where people can view, participate in, or share digital content. And cyberbullying includes sending, sending, posting, or sharing negative, harmful, false, or mean content about someone else and can include sharing personal or private information about them that causes embarrassment or humiliation. And some cyberbullying crosses the line into unlawful or even criminal behavior. And my guest today was the victim of cyberbullying, and she is going to share how it impacted her and what she's doing now to give voice and dignity to those who have been shamed and silenced by cyberbullying and cyber-sexual harassment. My guest is Darius Chisholm, who's worked in television and media for over 30 years, and she's an Emmy Award-winning TV host and interviewer with multiple Emmy nominations. And Darius has served as the primetime news anchor for NBC, WPXI in Pittsburgh, and hosts the nationally televised and Emmy Award-winning show, IQ Smart Parent, at PBS WQED. And as an international speaker, she has a TEDx talk under her belt, and she's a social justice activist and filmmaker who's received much recognition and praise by organizations for her work in media, cyber civil rights, and with women entrepreneurs. Darius Chisholm, thanks so much for being with us today. Welcome back to the program. Dr. Pick, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you on. Um, unfortunately, the, the reason that we're talking about uh, had a very negative start, but there's been a lot of good things coming from the tragedy that's happened to you. Uh, a lot's happened even since you were last on my show. You're, you're making a documentary. You've had appearances on national programs like Dr. Oz and Megyn Kelly. You've won lots of awards and speaking engagements. Can you tell us kind of what, what's been going on and then really where this all started about a year or more ago? Yeah, maybe I'll start with where it all started mm -hmm. and then what's been going on. And um, it has been a little over a year since I first announced publicly my experience with what's called revenge porn, which for those people who don't know what revenge porn is, it uh, probably would be likened to more like cyber bullying or cyber harassment. But in my case, it involved an ex-boyfriend who had been taking photos and videos of me while I was asleep living with him, while I was naked. And then many months after I ended the relationship, he began threatening to release those photos and videos to the Internet. And ultimately he did. He sent me several threatening text messages. Ultimately he put up a website, began calling former colleagues of mine and family members, 
And of course, um, this being an extremely embarrassing situation to have your naked photos available without your consent and without your knowledge, I didn't even know that revenge porn existed. Mm. I, I didn't even know what to call it. I actually now call it digital domestic violence mm. because in most cases it stems from a situation where a scorned, jilted ex-lover can't handle rejection, and when they can't physically put their hands on you, they use their laptops and cell phones as weapons, mm -hmm. and the ammunition is the sensitive personal information that you don't want exposed. So we're looking at uh, this being a growing epidemic. Mm -hmm. One in eight social media users say that they've been impacted negatively online. Uh, by some sort of har harassment, whether it's bullying or revenge porn or sextortion or extortion. And it, at that point, when I got through the personal side of this and ultimately had the website shut down, I decided that I would do something about this, that I would use my voice and my story and my platform. So I started a social justice project called 50 Shades of Silence and also began documenting my story. Uh, I have interviewed a lot of other victims, advocates, and activists in this space, and we are working to release, I should say edit, and then find a distribution path to release the content as either a documentary or a docuseries. Mm. Wow. So that it, this really, the way you paint the picture, digital domestic violence and these images taken without your knowledge, taken without your consent for the purpose of humiliating you or of um, negatively uh, impacting your repu reputation really um, paints a picture of just how devastating uh, this all can be. Uh, when we come back from the break, Darius, we'll talk more about uh, how this impacted you, how it impacts others. You've been interviewing folks and then really how you've taking this very painful situation and you're turning it around and leveraging it for your good and for the good of others. And that's really the message we want to emphasize that even in this very painful experience, we can have something beautiful come from it. Uh, so we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll talk about more of uh, cyber sexual assault, uh, digital domestic violence with my guest, Darius Chisholm. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. We'll be back after these messages. Studies show that safety greatly impacts student learning and a teacher's ability to do what they do best. Be it broken furniture, a leaking roof, or more serious threat of violence, the 21st Century Safe School by School Specialty addresses school safety from the emotional, social, and physical perspective. Don't wait another moment. Call 877-878-5800 or visit SSIGuardian.com. Feeling stuck? Want something different? If you're finally ready to make the changes you've been talking about, join psychologist and author Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark for an exclusive one-day personal transformation retreat. Experience a time of refreshment, reflection, and focus designed to help you attain life-transforming clarity about where you are, where you want to go, and what's holding you back. You'll also learn the latest psychological research and behavior change strategies to help you achieve freedom from the habits that keep you stuck. Schedule your life-changing personal transformation retreat today by going to drpegradio.com forward slash retreat. 
Threats at our schools and workplace continue at an alarming rate and require an innovative approach to overall institutional safety. A 21st century safe school needs the right training, the right equipment, and the correct action plan to achieve a future-ready, safe learning environment. SSI Guardian's comprehensive, evidence-based solutions and Tier 1 Security Consulting is the only active shooter training in America with an accredited CEU. Don't trust your safety to just anyone. SSI Guardian is the only choice. Visit us at SSIGuardian.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you by SSI Guardian, and I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and thanks for tuning in today. You know, it's so hard to believe that there's just less than three months left in 2018 to accomplish the goals that you set for this year and establish new habits that will move you forward into the new year. Now, if you're ready for change, contact me today to take advantage of my unique approach to personal growth co- uh, coaching that utilizes the latest psychological research on habit change. All coaching is done by telephone, making it easy and efficient to experience the lasting change you've been striving for. Go to drpegradio.com today to schedule your complimentary session to learn more about how personal growth coaching is right for you. Now, we're talking about cyberbullying today or di- digital domestic violence. Cybersexual harassment goes by so many different names. It's National Bullying Prevention Month. And my guest is Darieth Chisholm, and she's an Emmy Award-winning news anchor in Pittsburgh who's worked in media and television for over 30 years. And after discovering that she was the victim of revenge porn, Darieth Chisholm fought back and started a global movement to give voice and dignity to victims of cyber harassment and online crimes. Darieth Chisholm, thanks again for being with us and sharing your inspiring story today. Thank you. And so you were sharing how some photos were taken by by a boyfriend that you had previously broken up with, and uh, they had been released publicly online, um, and uh, how how that has kind of, uh, over the past year, just been this whirlwind of so many different things have, have come out of this. Uh, so talk about first... Um, uh, how this impacted you over time, because I can't imagine, I can imagine that it wasn't easy to decide to go public about a year ago. It wasn't easy at all. And in fact, his intent, and he verbalized it, was to silence and destroy me. Mm. He knew that any amount of negative information to a very public and seen personality could obviously be potentially damaging. And so for a long time, I held that in while I begged him to please stop threatening me to not release the content, and his entire desire was to do it so that I would return to the relationship, Mm. and obviously I wasn't going to do that. And just as manipulative personalities hold things over individuals, this is exactly what was occurring. And when it didn't stop and it continued and the threats became more and the website was up, I knew that I had to speak out. And one of the first places that I turned was to tell my son. Mm. And he said to me, um, as he listened very patiently to all of the details that I shared, that, you know, Mom, listen, you can get through this. Because it, it really locked me in this place of shame and silence for several months. And I was extremely afraid because he had threatened my life. And uh, I just felt like anyone else who has been victimized in this way, humiliated. My son in that conversation said, you're 
so strong, Mom, and he messed with the wrong woman. <laughs> and that, you know, just hearing those words from my then 21-year-old mm. son was a reminder to me of just who I am and what I'm capable of doing, because somewhere in that process I'd lost my way mm. and felt bad about losing my way. And then I realized I could either decide that this was happening to me or for me. Mm-hmm. And I chose the latter. And it, it, it had me thinking in all kinds of possibilities. And so I asked myself this one question. All right, then, who do you need to become now? Who do you need to become in the face of this? Not only to get through it, but to be of service to others after I discovered that there were so many victims of this. And of course, that's when I decided that I would begin filming and documenting that we put the website together that has a lot of resources available, how to get content removed, what to do, some next steps. Since then, you know, we have gone on. We've, we held a national march and rally in the streets of Pittsburgh in June, and we're able to begin collecting signatures to send to Congress. We now have over 5,000 signatures uh, asking Congress to please support Senator Kamala Harris's bill. It's called the Enough Act, and if passed, it would uh, criminalize revenge porn and possibly make it a make way for tougher penalties statewide. So that has really been important to do and in, in that we, we show our lawmakers the seriousness of this and our intent to have uh, stronger forms of prosecution for those who willingly act with the intent to do harm in this way. In my case, obviously, is, is just that. Uh, we have, we've been quite busy. I mean, I have, mm-hmm. I've been touring the country speaking to uh, individual groups, whether they are advocating for cyberbullying protection or sextortion or, in this case, revenge porn, but just trying to make people aware of the magnitude of how this can impact people's lives. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we know the suicide rates are up among victims because of the extreme embarrassment and shame associated with this. And Mm -hmm. so we have also been advocating that those people who are in that place get help and get help quickly. Right. And I, I want to get more into uh, what you uh, spoke of, of how do, how, how do you switch from this happening to you to it's happening for you, for your good. Uh, but before we go there, I want to talk more about the range of, of violations that can occur and the potential impact on victims, because there are people listening right now who this is happening to them. And there are also people listening who don't have a name for what's happening to them. As you stated, you had never even heard of, you know, revenge porn and these kinds of things before. So let's describe some of the types of violations that can occur. So someone who doesn't realize they're actually in the midst of this, it it may be their normal. You know, I'm always amazed, Arieth, by how uh, someone can threaten your life and um, uh, extort you with these images, but then it but really in their in their mind think you'll come back to them if if they if they do this to you it's it's this crazy cycle that people can get caught up in and they may not realize they're in it so i'd like you to describe some the range of some of the things that can happen to folks so someone listening might realize oh my goodness that's me and then there's hope there's resources i can i can overcome this so let's talk about kind of the difference between sexting and cyber harassment and cyber bullying revenge porn and some of the other things you have mentioned and that you've learned about since you've been in this ordeal 
Well, and I, you know, as much as I'd like to think that my experience and what I've done to work to advocate has positioned me to be a leading voice in this. I'm certainly not an expert. So I want to I want to qualify and clarify that and that there are other people in this field who have, for whatever reasons, been able to clearly define the differences in each of the experiences that someone has. But I'll add to that and say that the confusion lies because there are so many names associated with what I believe is really the same behavior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for instance, there's cyber sexual rape, there's cyber sexual assault, there's sextortion, there's non-consensual pornography, there's image abuse, cyber bullying, cyber harassment, revenge porn, my now coined term, digital domestic violence. Mm-hmm. So, again, we've got all of these assortment of names, but, but on, in the base of it all, typically is when some content, whether it's a photo, a video, some information Mm -hmm. that is being disseminated online, generally without the consent or knowledge of the individual who's included in that photo or video Mm -hmm. with the intent to do harm is when, in my opinion, we move this into more of a criminal offense, Mm -hmm. right? And, uh, And because... Each state calls this something different and has different parameters around around this. It makes it extremely confusing for people to understand. Right. So if, so if I start there, that, that's just taking like a 30,000-foot view of this. Mm-hmm. For a person who's experiencing this, right, who is either having someone saying, I am going to release this information if you don't come back to the relationship, if you don't give me what I want, if you don't write me a check for X amount of dollars, Mm. that is clearly some form of extortion. Mm -hmm. There is the intent to do harm, obviously, at this point. And I think most people in a relationship with someone you know, those signs may show up very early on before they even before this begins to happen online. This mm-hmm. person might be verbally abusive, physically abusive, mentally abusive in some way. They're in this this need to control uh, more often than not. And you can, I'm sure, elaborate on this. With, you know, and I, you know, I would say they're, you know, a a narcissist um, or sociopath. I mean, those those are tend, probably the the tendencies of the the perpetrator. But for the victim, they may not realize the seriousness of those consequences, particularly when they're online, mm-hmm. and they may not even know that in some states this is deemed a misdemeanor, civil, and criminal at best. So they don't know that they could take action and possibly. Uh, have this person punished mm-hmm. for their behavior, and that's one so, of the one of the weapons is the shaming, which leads to silence. The person doesn't want to let anyone know what's happening to them. Is part of how the perpetrator is able to continue controlling or manipulating, and so it's just easy to to be in this dark hole alone, thinking you're alone, not even having the language to describe it, not realizing it's potentially criminal in your state. Uh, and just being silenced and shamed and isolated. Because who wants to have their naked photos out right. there? And who right. wants to tell someone they're there so they can go and see it? And, you know, we're talking about the occurrences and how this impacts a person in their relationship with that particular individual and what can be done to stop them 
in terms of punishment. But the other equation in this are the website hosting companies mm. that typically won't remove the content or it, it leaves the victim jumping through multiple hoops to have the content removed. Who owns it? Are there copyright infringements? Freedom of speech. There's something called DMCA, the Digital Millennial Copyright Act, which was designed to uh, regulate digital content. It protects both the copyright owner and uh, the person whose images are there. But sometimes these companies don't comply with that. And in my case, I couldn't get GoDaddy to shut the website down. GoDaddy said, go get a court order. And mm -hmm. I spent 11 months in court, 13 trips to the courthouse just to get a judge to create language that I could use to give to GoDaddy to have the content removed. Mm. Can you imagine having your naked photos up for 11 months while you're in and out of court asking a judge to please create the, the language that you need to deliver to these third-party website mm -hmm. hosting providers? And so those are the things that need to be changed as well, because no one should have to do that, especially mm -hmm. when it's obvious that you don't want the content up there. Uh, and, you know, I, that, I would say the other issue at hand is that we have an international policy in mm -hmm. place. In my case is international. This happened in Jamaica. We're here in the United States. So even from the standpoint of any laws that I could use to go after him individually mm. or even an Internet company because he's in another country, it leaves the situation even more complicated. Mm -hmm. And isn't the Internet international? <laughs> Aren't we all uh, communicating with people in other countries all day long, mm. and yet we really don't have any strong international policies to protect us mm -hmm. online? And so part of what you part of your global movement is not only to bring victims out of the shame and silence, uh, it's also to impact the laws, uh, not only in the mm -hmm. United States, but internationally. Uh, and so I want to direct um, listeners to your website for some of the resources that you've identified um, to support them. And then I want to shift gears and talk about uh, the self-care and, and how this has impacted you and how you've grown through this uh, ordeal. But give your website, um, uh, Darius, so folks can get some resources around your organization, Fifty Shades of Silence. Absolutely. So it's 50, and that's the number, 50shadesofsilence.com. We're also on all social media, so by all means, please find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We also have an app, so mm -hmm. whether you use the Google Play Store or Apple, you can download our app onto your phone and access all of our information at the website through the mobile app. Excellent. And I'll have a link to Darieth on my website, drpegradio.com. And how fitting, Darieth, that you have an app to help support folks who are the victims of digital domestic violence, digital sexual harassment, because uh, we're living our lives uh, through our smartphones and the Internet. And so that's what makes us so vulnerable. But let's talk about um, the self-care, the recovery. Uh, I've had a guest on my program, a local Denver woman, Stephanie Hancock, and she she's coined a phrase that I love. I hope she'll write a book about it one day. It's not what we go through. 
it's what we grow through. And I think that mm. statement is so relevant. Um, not only are you personally growing through this, that it didn't crush you. He didn't know who he was dealing with, as your son said. Um, but you're also now leveraging your platform and your voice and all of your 30 years of media and television experience um, as a businesswoman, as a coach, um, to help others. And so talk about what that's been like. Yeah, and so this for me was obviously very personally trying. I'd never been victimized in this way, and particularly out of a relationship where I, I was at one point in love with this individual. So I had the, the personal impact uh, that how could you do this to me? Why would you do this to me? And so getting through that emotional piece was one thing. The other piece, of course, was to wanting desperately not to be seen this way. I mean, I spent 30 years building my career and my following and working with many of my coaching clients to help them build visibility strategies. And so here I was in the most in the place I didn't want anyone to see me and talk about the use of the word visibility. Mm. So I, I was challenged by that. And, and you know, the, the other things that that were making me feel extremely vulnerable and victimized was going to court and having to experience that. I'd never been to court before, so that alone, as many anyone has ever been to court, you, you know what that's like, the thousands of dollars in, in legal fees to continue to fight this, and the lack of resources and the support in terms of where things were coming. So I had all of those pieces that felt so damning and damaging to me. And as I said, I, I began to... This question, who do you need to become now, was so profound for me. Mm -hmm. it, it, was, it, was, it was so much so that it made me start to say, someone who is courageous, someone who is willing to accept what's going on and change it, someone who is really willing to identify that maybe this was happening for me. This could be a tool for me to help so many other people who can't find their voice or are afraid to use their voice. And all of those things empowered me. It forced me to go back to what I know to, to be the way I start every day, and somehow I'd lost my way from doing that with prayer and meditation and journaling and those quiet moments where I could really recess or access the, the, the my soul and my connection with God and source and the universe. And so it, it was amazing the unfolding that happened for me personally as a result of that experience. Mm -hmm. and, and can I give you a, a clinical term, Daria, um, something called post-traumatic growth. Most people have heard mm -hmm. of post-traumatic stress and PTSD, uh, and, and there are some people who are resilient. They may have built resistance before going into a trauma, and they may be able to bounce back after a trauma and return possibly just to baseline. They don't develop symptoms, but there are some people who experience post-traumatic growth, and it is because of the trauma that they experience a new level, and it sounds like that's what you've experienced, uh, becoming a courageous change agent, leveraging what's happened to you, um, and it's happening for your good. But I think so significantly, Darius, is for the good of others. And so mm -hmm. I want to thank you for that. Uh, but post-traumatic growth. That is, I, I love that. I just wrote that down. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I 100% believe that that was my experience, that while it's very much felt like the... Uh, dark night of the soul moments mm -hmm. going through it, my 
it was it was I describe it as alchemy, like this experience that I had that had me moving out of what felt like the most unbearable situation to something that right now gives me great pride to talk about mm-hmm. and to know that I am a change agent for others. I I am using something called everyday courage as part when I'm when I'm talking and I'm speaking and I travel the country speaking to advocate and bring awareness. But at the end of each of those talks, I go to this place of called everyday courage mm-hmm. and, and that no matter what we've experienced in life, it, it, it is in finding our opportunity to make best of this and to use to to have the courage to make best of it is what I think each person discovers. Awesome. Darius Chisholm, thank you so much for sharing your everyday courage with us today. My guest has been Darius Chisholm and I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark reminding you to live well. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg. For program information or to contact Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark about her life-transforming books, coaching, and retreats, go to drpegradio.com. 